0: Currently making a startup is really an easy thing. Yeah, sure, it's not, but it's really easy to make your own company. Well, not really, but today Anton Moskova is going to show us how to start one and grow one. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, this is just a beginner interview, we're not like getting deep into like some intermediate things or high things because Anton is the best guy to actually get in touch, so I'm going to put his contacts in the description below. But if you want to get started and just learn something really interesting which by the way for a beginner level it's really unique of Anton's perspective because he knows he knows what he's talking about which is kind of rare t- <laughs> today So I'm going to let you listen to that interview which is explaining us a simple yet super powerful business knowledge and I would advise you to actually implement it because Anton this guy knows what he's talking about And if you don't believe me even though I repeated myself two times you're going you're going to believe yourself and me after you get in touch with him. I'll see you soon, my network, and have an amazing interview listening. By the way, that's a new word, which I just made up. <laughs> morning, I want to say just one big welcome first, mate, because, you now we're super excited to meet you. We've already, like, passed 100 episodes, and we're on the chase to 110. We're just growing so rapidly, and thank you for being that amazing contribution to our podcast. But first, can you tell us the most interesting thing about yourself? that became like a tradition for the show. We need to know interesting things.
1: Uh, well, that's a, that's a tough question right up front. Um, the most interesting thing about myself. Um, well, probably um, I'll start with the origins and ultimately um, I was born in the Ukraine um, and I started studying at the university um, in Canada at the age of 15. So that's, let's put it as, you know, um, as the fact.
0: Damn genius level or something. How did you actually start studying in university at fifteen? Like, were you really? Uh, I mean, you obviously were
1: a good student, but were you really like passionate about learning? Uh, no, uh, I don't think so. I definitely um, understand that. Um, I I do need uh, the knowledge and the resources um, to kind of like push myself further and then to do things that I want to do in my life. Uh, but you know, for it to be like a self-sustained motivation factor, definitely no. Hmm.
0: But how did you actually end up in your university? Like, what's the story behind it?
1: Um, So I started studying at um, a specialized lyceum. So lyceums are like high schools, but you have to pass the exams in order to get in. Um, And my lyceum was, uh, well, it is, it it still obviously is, but it it was specializing in the IT, so information technology. So it's very, very heavy on physics, math, and IT. Um, so we did lots of programming and we, we did lots of programming on paper. Um, that's the thing probably that I hated the most. Um, and uh, once you once you kind of like finish it, so once you graduate from it, you have like quite a few doors open. Um, it's literally up to you where you want to go and then what options you want to explore. And uh, I... Um, so I did my exams and I got into like almost every university in the Ukraine at that time. So I thought that, well, if I could do it once, I could do it, you know, other times. So why not trying to go somewhere else? Why not trying to go and study somewhere else? And that's, that's how I ended up choosing Canada. Um, and that's, yeah, that's how things started.
0: Do you know French or like, you know, you, sp- you spoke only
1: like uh, English in Canada? Uh, No, unfortunately, I do not know uh, French. Um, So I studied at Toronto and uh, Toronto, Ontario, overall, is a very heavily um, um, English-speaking province. So uh, there's like literally no one you would meet that would be speaking uh, French.
0: Well, let's talk about how that connects to your success story.
1: What happens after you finish studying? Um, so actually, uh, I actually started doing projects and side projects um, while I was still at the university. So um, a lot of them were like, uh, you know, small pet projects. Um, but there was one thought that I uh, was kind of like having uh, at the very beginning. It was ultimately about uh, the credit card consumption and overall about the uh, credibility of the, you know, of the Canadian population. Um, so that's not so um, soon after when I uh, graduated from university and then got my first job there. Um, I started my project and uh, it was ultimately um, called Finlet and then what Finlet was doing is pre- uh, doing a preventative credit scoring. So what we did is that we scrapped all of the data available um, about the person uh, which, you know, before 2014 was (laughs) it was quite a lot of the data at that time. So you guys probably remember the scandal about um, Cambridge Analytica. Um, And it wasn't just them, it was like pretty much everyone that was, you know, taking as much data as possible. Um, So then after then we filled your profile and we would determine what exactly um, most likely you would be looking for. Would it be a car loan? Would it be a mortgage? Would it be a um, consumer loan? And uh, we would uh, try to um, define, again, uh, investigate your credibility. So we would give it a score and we would sell this information um, to banks because then the retargeting would be far um, less expensive so it would be cheaper.
0: Huh, and how did you scale it from there? Like, I, I mean, I want to actually get behind the motivation to do something like this. Why did you want to start a business in the first place or a company or a startup or whatever? Like, What was the motivation behind it? Why not improve life?
1: Improve uh, life. Well and i don't see anything bad about um employee right life right yeah but me too. uh the point is is that uh, i guess it, it was it was like a little um you know rebel inside of me i wanted to do things like differently i wanted to think i wanted to do things my way and obviously it was like a hard path learning that uh well you're not <laughs> the smartest one um so you know if things um if you if you believe that things should work you know the other way Uh, then you should definitely have, you know, strong resources and then strong motivation to try and, you know, like change things around. And obviously there should be, uh, you know, there should be something that people thought of of you, like, you know, before you, um, that, you know, that's how things are. Uh, But yeah, I would would still think that it's just uh, this willing to do things my way because I feel like I know how it should be done.
0: So basically it's really a lot of intuition in you, you know the belief that you know the right thing. How do you get that belief though? Because you know, I can speak for myself. I, I sometimes doubt my decision. How do you not doubt your decision and just take them?
1: That's that's a hard one. Um you you it always um like you would always do. Uh, because the point is is that you can't live your life twice. I mean if it would be an option, you know, out of like every decision there's like you know route a and then route b right so if you say yes or if you say no or you know if you choose to go or if you choose not to go if you you know take this path or that path uh, and ultimately you're only able to experience one of them, um and you know you would never be able to experience the second one so you'd always have this like a uh, piece of doubt in you saying that well what would have happened um you know, if you know if, if things would go the other way, um, so I would say is just don't regret it. Uh, things are as they are, uh, and then you know if you make a bad choice, the only way to actually figure it out um, is to make it. Um, you know, make that mistake.
0: That may sound a little cliche though, and I want to like support it. By the way, you know you 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 like you learn from your mistakes. You know whatever it is, like you're going to learn from them. And did you make
1: a lot of mistakes during your path? Uh, yes um, to be honest i've heard i've heard this expression not so while ago i can't really remember who said it but um, it was something like um, an inter- uh, like as an entrepreneur uh, all i do is make mistakes um, you know and learn from them so i think that's that's a very you know that's a very strong expression because ultimately yes you pretty much what you know you progress out of making mistakes because um, that's that's a that's kind of you know this actually um, you know very good um, educating um, experience for me was when I uh, exited from my uh, first startup and then started my second one uh, which was a food contractor thing um, so that one I funded uh, with my own funds um, so you know ultimately I was thinking that if the first one was a success ultimately then you know the second one should be so can you replicate the success like is it actually easy can you switch you know, um, the topics, can you switch uh, the business ideas, can you switch, uh, like, everything and then, you know, still, uh, you know, make it a success? Well, it turned out no, uh, and there was a very, very uh, realistic and, you know, clear answer to that. It was ultimately the lack of the unit economics. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, I, I didn't really pay much of attention of uh, up until this, you know, quite quite a big failure there.
0: And after, you know, that failure... When did you actually saw your first case? Like, how did you get your first clients in your first idea You know about the credit cards and stuff. How did you actually get your first
1: clients? Um, reaching out. Um, I think one of the one of the best um, tools that uh, you know I would still is you know I'd, I'd still say is is one of the greatest one is LinkedIn. Um, you know, if you are in the B2B segment and you don't have much, um, you know, much of, a, let's say, uh, community to reach out to or much of, you know, connections, LinkedIn is, is literally, you know, one of the best places in the world. Um, and that's where you can, you know, if you if you do spend your time, if you do target people correctly, um, you can achieve great results. Um, and, you know, by the way, that's that's how we met. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely one of the options to explore. Uh, so you basically use LinkedIn to get those those clients uh, LinkedIn afterwards it would be offline events um, you know and then it would be like actually like smaller uh, you know private events to chase um, but yes initially LinkedIn it li- like it, it actually helps you a lot in narrowing down your search uh, because what LinkedIn helps you is if you're looking for you know I'm looking for people who would work in companies like XYZ, and they would have a position, um, you know, in the department like you know ABC. Then this thing literally helps you like find and locate those people. And then after you actually find them, it's up to you like how do you want to proceed them? Because depending on like what exactly they're doing, they might be visiting you know uh, different like conferences, conferences in marketing, conferences in, like you know tech conferences, or would it be again fintech conferences? Maybe they're speaking somewhere, or you know maybe they're doing. Uh, Charity runs uh, and then and then you have a great chance to make like an actual like impression get the connection and uh, You know get to speak about your business So basically starting in Canada, but did you move to like Ukraine in Eastern Europe? Uh, I moved to UK um, so United Kingdom um, like about a couple years ago Um, Yeah, yeah
0: So what was the difference between Canada and Ukraine like was there like any major difference or does just the push on the and everyone can succeed anywhere. Um,
1: so, well, okay. Um, so there's there's two things, right? So obviously uh, there's a there's a huge difference between uh, Ukraine and Canada. Um, there are like also a lot of the difference between uh, Canada and the UK, right? Um, and in terms of uh, the entrepreneur's success, uh, well, let's take a look at the bigger numbers. Um, so there are there are successful examples like of people you know starting their businesses from ground up, like all around the world, in Ukraine, in Bulgaria, in Canada, in the UK. So it's happening everywhere. Um, so that that's a fact. The question is, what are the chances, right? So does the you know, does the community, does the surroundings? Uh, does the environment help you? Um, to succeed or not. Um, what I actually think is the more mm, aggressive the environment is, uh, you know, the better chances you have because it, you know, it ultimately, you know, it it pushes you to the limit, uh, and it allows you to kind of like activate all of your resources. So what I mean is that if everybody is against you, if the market is against you, if you know, if the government is not helping but it's actually just you know poking you around and you know like putting sticks in your uh, wheels, like, you know, if I don't know, if uh, if the legal department is, is, you know, it keeps chasing you, if uh, I don't know, like, you see what I mean, right? See where I'm going. If ultimately, like, everything is not supporting, uh, but it's, it's more of, again, aggressive, um, then it, you know, it, it kind of like motivates you to, <laughs> to move further because you either, like, you know, your startup dies faster or it succeeds faster.
0: But do you think that Ukraine still has a lot of potential? Become a business center, let's say, of
1: Eastern Europe. Um, yes, absolutely. I mean, you could definitely see that within like latest um, couple of years. It, it you know, it's it's still growing, but it becomes it clearly becomes one of the uh, one of the technological hubs in Eastern like Europe. Um, there's a lot and a lot of um, outsource companies, like IT outsource companies. There's a lot of product companies um there's there's been you know many cases that people um, open their back offices i think one of the biggest successes so far there is if you heard about the company called uh ring um, so ring is a company and that they do like smart um, doorbells so that's the one that has an app so if somebody comes up at your door then you know this thing will let you know even if you're not at home and then you know it will allow you to kind of like let the person in um, so this company was sold to Amazon not so while ago, I think it was like um, 2018, probably, or maybe late 2017, not sure. Um, and that one was sold for $1 billion. Um, and that company was, you know, solidly developed. Um, so everything that is to do with the product and technology was developed in Ukraine. Um, and I think with, you know, with the proper management, so, uh, you know, with the proper governance, yes, it, you know, it, it definitely has a lot of potential.
0: Uh, So do you think uh, though one day they they could reach their potential or it's really like it's really low?
1: I don't know. Um, That's, you know, that's um, it's really hard to judge. Uh, So what I can see is that there's uh, especially um, with, you know, with the latest government that uh, just won the elections not so while ago. uh, They've had a lot of uh, really, really like impressive uh, beginnings, like in terms of what they want to do. They have huge plans, but uh, how they're going to actually act on them and then how uh, progressive and then you know what what are the results going to be that i don't know um so obviously if they push hard you know great things could happen but you know if that's no not going to happen then obviously you know it's not um you know it's not worth uh waiting for the changes
0: so uh, someone who wants to start uh, to fund their own startup should they focus on their home country or go to more developed ones if they're not still like a you know the third world country or something?
1: Um, I think you have to look uh, from a different perspective. I think you have to start looking from the problem that you're trying to solve because it doesn't matter, you know, in what country you are, if the problem that you are trying to solve does not resonate with the users. So if the users are not trying to solve this problem right now, uh, you know, you have an issue. Um, So what I mean is that if you haven't done the proper customer development and you don't know who your customer is then it's too early to judge, you know, where you need to go. Um, What I mean is, um, you know, Amazon, great example. I already used it once. Uh, They started, you know, within a very specific niche. They started within, you know, book space. So they were actually like delivering, you know, um, they were like an online shop for books. And they wanted to be the best and the biggest online shop for books. So once they dominated this space, this specific niche, that's when they started growing. And ultimately, obviously, you know, uh, you can you can move to the U.S., uh, you know, like to um, California, you know, San Francisco like Bay Area. So basically, you know, the Silicon Valley uh, Valley, you could move to like New York, you could go to Canada, you could go to any place. The point is, is that you really have to uh, kind of like kick from the idea that you're trying to solve. And ultimately, if you know, they're they're far better places for specific ideas. I mean, if you know, if you're into the fintech. Um, you'd, you'd probably, you know, would probably want um, to be in the country where there's specific uh, regulatory framework around it that would allow you to do specific things, right? So, for instance, uh, let's say crypto. You know, if you're really into crypto, India is not the best place. Why? Because they've banned it. Um, you know, you just, you just, you just can't do things there. Uh, but you know, on the other side, um, you know, look, look into like uh, Liechtenstein or Luxembourg. You know, great, or like even Switzerland, expensive, yes, but, you know, the legal framework is there. Um, you know, U.S. a bit more complex, but, you know, the market is better. So I'd say you really have to weigh in, things in, um, which would come from your customer and the problem that you're trying to solve. And then the country is just the market to try to work in.
0: Uh, so let's get to the idea part. Do you think you should an idea which might seem crazy at the beginning, but you, and I'm saying, you think that it solves a problem? Or you need to ask many people if that idea is good?
1: Um, so, um, that's, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, one thing is um, actually, you know, asking other people, like, how does your idea sound? You know, is it a good one or is it a bad one? Is um, probably the most useless thing you could ever, you know, you could ever do. And not because the people are bad, but because the question itself is bad. And what I mean is that if I ask you, well, would you buy these jeans? Uh, It's a very theoretical question. Um, It's a very theoretical question, and you know, you could say yes or you could say no. But you know, you know, this won't give you the actual, you know, like truth. And that's why when people are asking, you know, their potential clients, would you buy our product? They're getting the response, and then you know waiting that response in, you know, they move forward and then they're like wondering why nobody's buying our product. That's because the, the question that you're asking, you know, is, is the wrong one. Um, but, you know, the, as to the first part of your question, um, I think that no idea is crazy. I mean, even, you know, like crazy ideas are, you know, like are good. Um, and I think that, you know, if you're really, really fond of something, if you really want to do something, uh, you should do it. You just have to find the way, um, you know, like to put that idea um, into the market. Because obviously, um, you know, it would, be, it would be like, it wouldn't be uh, a correct thing to say, you know, every idea would survive. I mean, I want, let's say, I don't know, I want to create and sell banana peelers, I don't know, like automatic ones um, that's, that's, you know, that's my crazy idea. Like I want to do that. That's something I'm very fond of, like, let's say, right. Uh, now that's a crazy idea. So, you know, should I proceed with it? Well, once again, I still would have to look into the problem that it tries to solve. Right. So, you know, does it make sense? How do people solve this idea right now? Do, Do they even need a solution for this kind of a problem? And, you know, once you, once you really dig into trying to find those answers, you'd, you'd have an answer to yourself, you know, Clear like statistics, so uh, you know numbers, and those numbers would either like persuade you further um, to proceed further with the idea, or you know it most you know you're, you're gonna get an answer saying, well you know probably makes sense to do something else, but you know instead of maybe a banana peeler, well what about um, tomatoes? So maybe that's you know um, like more of, you know would resonate more with the market. And it also depends what the size of an idea. So, you know, banana peeler—that's like that's you know one exaggerated example. And also, you know, uh, life on on Mars or even in other universes. Now, how crazy and how big is that idea? Um, You know, when you would ask me, all right, so where is the market for that idea—life on Earth or like life on I don't know Mars, right? Uh, Well, that's that's a completely you know different level of ideas so
0: even though they're cra- they're crazy and you pursue them don't you think that even if they fail you're going to get the great and right idea after a couple of
1: tries um so <laughs> yes um an experience is always an experience um you know there was, there was another quote that i've seen recently is you know if if it takes me to do a job uh you know for like 30 minutes uh, you know, it's just because I've learned how to do it you know in 30 minutes for like 10 years. So what you' are paying me for is not for the 30 minutes, but for the ten years of my experience. Uh, and you know, going back to like experience is something that you know nobody can take from you. In experience, it brings in this you know like this credibility and under, you know understandability of how to do things. Um, You know, in terms of how many attempts it would take you, I don't know, it could take you tens of thousands. So, uh, you know, obviously everybody remembers this, you know, uh, very, uh, you know, very interesting story about Thomas Edison and uh, his light bulb, um, you know, um, history. So obviously it took him 10,000 attempts, right? So 10,000 designs of a light bulb, like light bulb, um, to actually make one that works. So how many failed attempts was it? Like, well, 10,000 failed attempts. So would anybody like be willing to go through that without actually knowing? Because, you know, in the end, he could fail. Like, it could be 100,000 of attempts, and then he wouldn't be able to do it. Um, it's, you know, yes, you, you know. The, you know, it's it's it, it, That's that's a very complicated question of like life. How many attempts? You know, like should I keep going through? And you know, does it make sense to keep going through? But what I can say is, again, an attempt is an attempt. It's, it's an experience that again nobody can take from you. That's right. And as we we're wrapping this up, Anton, um,
0: how can I actually contact you for more, maybe? Because you know, my listeners are not fed up with that knowledge we actually God. They need more. So, what are the best social medias and websites for them to get in touch with you?
1: Um, you can you can find me on uh, mosgovoy.me. Um, so that's that's my personal website. I try to um, put um, really really cool um, articles or again like podcasts like this one up there. Um, so you can just look into um you know the the recent articles and then you know see something useful and find something useful for yourself that's probably the best place um like to look for because it has all other information about me and then you know where to find me and then how to contact me
0: all right then and as we're ending this what is your last advice to my listeners
1: uh well um I'm, I'm trying to be very, very cautious about, you know, giving out the advices and, you know, probably, you know, in this perspective, uh, my advice should be is don't, you know, don't really listen to others. Um, in a sense, well, listen to them, but then, you know, don't do as they say, uh, you know, make it your own way. Um, same, same, same thing with this, you know, piece of advice, you know, listen to it, like understand it, comprehend it, but don't do as I say, uh, you know, just choose your own path.
0: Wow, that's a really great advice. Actually, before I actually end this, it's kind of uh, you know uh, you know complicated because sometimes even you know you say that don't listen to others, uh, but you know if if that other guy is your mentor, then what do we do then?
1: Um well, that's that's a bit different because um, you know, giving out life advices right? and you know, and business advices. Um, the the difference between you know giving out an advice to like everyone and you know to a very specific like person or company is in data that you have. Um, obviously, you know, the the advice that you know I just gave it was like a general one. so it, it was like a life wisdom or something, right? But if we're talking about the business case, uh, then it, you know in order to make something, you know in order to advise or you know in order to say something that would actually make sense, that's when you have to really understand you know like the business data. You'd have to understand the business case. You have to understand you know how things are going, how processes are working. And you know depending on that, that's when you combine and accumulate you know your knowledge and experience. And, you know, when you apply it to that data that you just, you know, discovered and analyzed, that's when you can provide, you know, like actual results that, you know, do work. So that's, you know, that's the same, you know, that's probably the difference between like mentoring or like consulting and, you know, just, just you know, being like a beer buddy.
0: Great, Anton. Well, we hope we're going to have a Zoom, maybe because, you know, we really want to know more about it. But our time is, you know, running out. So hope you're going to have an amazing day. We did, and we wish you all the best in the future, mate. I'm I'm sure our our paths are gonna cross again.
1: Um, I would I would love to. Well, thanks a lot for having me here, Nicola. It was it uh, was a pleasure again talking to you and you know being your host. Um, you know would love to do an episode um sometime later again.
0: <laughs> me too, me too. Feelings are mutual.
1: Well, Antonio, we're gonna see
0: you soon and have a great day. i uh, you too. Bye.